0: Ducks fans. Are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis.
1: Here we go.
0: All right, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Jones. And a happy Easter to everybody out there listening wherever you're uh, you know, celebrating right now with your family and friends, or uh, maybe you're just sitting down listening to us, Eddie. But uh, hope you all have a, a happy holiday and a safe holiday and uh, enjoy the week. And uh, we're going to go through this week of craziness for the Ducks, uh, a lot of ups and downs this week, uh, players in and out of the lineup. We're going to work our way through all of that uh, this week, and we're going to talk about a bunch of giveaways at the end of the show as well. We're going to answer some of your questions, and we're going to get through all of that um but what a week eddie i I mean the ducks go on this road trip we think they're gonna you know hopefully go through and win a bunch of the games they they end up you know winning some losing some uh it all started in winnipeg uh you know with with the so-so performance uh in this game that the ducks ended up going with gibson and net and they ended up pulling out you know in overtime but uh it wasn't a really a great start to the road trip
1: no, no, it, it it was a tough game, and we know going into Winnipeg, it's always a tough game. And you know they ended up scoring first. Gibson kept us in with a you know a strong performance in the first period. I believe uh, Winnipeg had 14 shots in, in that first period too. And you know of course it's Jamie McGinn again who seems to be scoring at will right now for the Ducks, especially on the power play. He you know he gets them in in, in the back in the game, and and you know 20 seconds into to the second period, Kessler uh, the Kessler line strikes again. Kessler gets a goal from Cogliano. Uh, Gibson gets bailed out from a from a post, and you know from uh, on a Blake Wheeler breakaway, he ends up making them pay. Nothing happens in the third. We go into overtime, and, and you know who else right now? But but Jakob Silverberg uh, somehow slips behind all three Winnipeg players in, in overtime. Uh, is is all alone, and, and and makes Hutchinson and the Jets pay. And you know, hard fought win. I I think they played a a strong game throughout. It, it's a physical team. It's always hard going in, into. Uh, the MTS Center in Winnipeg, so I, I think it, it was a, it was a good win to to start the road trip.
0: Yeah, I mean, you talk about Silverberg. I mean, this guy's been on fire. We'll talk about it in the other games too uh, against Montreal and Ottawa as well. He scores. Uh, I mean, he's just really picked up his game. He's got seven goals now in the last uh, seven games. I mean, he's been on fire. So he's picked it up. Um, we'll talk a little bit more in Montreal he sets a season season uh, excuse me his single season record uh, or, with 15 goals on the on the year but uh, yeah he comes up with that play draws in the, the defense everybody goes towards uh Kessler and uh, you know he, he doesn't get it on the first one gets it on the second one but what a play and uh, you know the special teams did uh, come up big for the ducks in this game too they uh, were one for two on the power play and they kept uh, Winnipeg off the board uh, zero for three in this game, and the Ducks also dominated in the face-off circle again, 37-26. Uh, to 26. So that was huge as well. Uh, you know, the Ducks made some turnovers here and there and a little bit of sloppy play here and there in their own end. But uh, it was a hard-fought victory. Um, they did pull out the two points. We um, also had our watch party, which <laughs> that was pretty crazy. It was the last one of the regular season. Um, thank you for everybody that came out. It was uh, pretty much standing room only. And we do plan to have some of those uh, in the playoffs. We'll figure out the schedule and get that all situated. But... Uh, as far as the game went, Eddie, uh, it was an average game, but it was one that the Ducks needed, and they pulled out the two points in overtime.
1: Yeah, you know they're finally starting to get some wins in, in, in overtime, which is nice too. And you know to to see, see Silverberg hit a career high and say it's only at 15. I remember, I remember at the beginning of the season, you and me thought, you know, this is a guy. If he shoots the puck and um, and he gets in the right positions uh, and plays on you know a line that that is hot, which it is right now, he could get closer to 30, so it's fine. It's finally nice to see, you know, the hard work paying off for him, and hopefully, uh, you know, he'd have to continue his tear right now. he get, you know, hopefully hit 20 by the end of the season.
0: Yeah, and the way he's going right now, he you know, it, it'll be close. Uh, you know, there's only, uh, what, eight games left here for the Ducks, so it, it's going to be, you know, tight, but, I mean, so, like we said, the way he's playing, he's been on fire. Um, the only bad news really out of this game, and it was kind of a big one, was uh, David Perron, you know, he goes into the boards, he hurts his shoulder, and he's out, uh, and and uh, we'll talk about it more later on. Uh, we have some fan questions about it, but it uh, looks like a sh- separated shoulder, according to uh, Brian Hayward in the uh, pregame against uh, Ottawa yesterday. He talked about it briefly. Um, so there's no official word, anything from the Ducks yet, other than what Hayward said, but... Uh, those types of injuries you know usually players are out for several weeks which is not good so don't quote me on that I don't know how long he's out or anything I'm just going by what you know usually happens when a a person gets that kind of injury usually it's several weeks so you know it's a big loss Eddie I am just hoping that the Ducks get him back uh, you know come playoff time
1: yeah and they're gonna need him I I mean he he's a key top uh, top six forward for the Ducks you know he'd be finally developing some chemistry with Ryan Getzlaff. and then of course I mean he gets hurt at the the wrong time and you know I I think it's good that that the the outlook is him you know he'll be back for playoffs and I think that's important uh to have a guy like that back for playoffs I mean I think the Ducks have enough depth right now to to fill the lineup and we've seen that in the you know the games after the three games since he's gotten hurt I think the Ducks have done a uh, you know a decent job filling his spot and, and putting different guys uh, around the lineup, even mixing up the lines, putting Gutzloff and Perry uh, on the same line at times. So uh, I think they'll be okay for now. Uh, I mean, it, it's been a, an easier schedule um, that, than we, you know, you would expect at, at this time of year. Playing a, a, most of the teams that are going to play are outside the playoffs, you know, barring the the, the Kings and, and I believe the Stars and, and the, the last game of the season against the Capitals. So I I think it's a good time if there is ever a good time for a guy like him to get hurt. As long as he, you know, he is back uh, for playoffs, I think they'll be okay.
0: Yeah, and you know, he uh was out obviously in the next game when the Ducks played uh, Montreal and uh <laughs> this was a game that, you know, we thought the Ducks would win this game and play well and they they didn't. They played average again in this game. Yeah, I mean, they fought it out hard. I mean, like we mentioned, Silverberg got two goals in here. He got his 14th and 15th on a season, you know, it's a single-season record. And uh, they played hard, but, I mean, you played a shorthanded Montreal team. No Carey Price, no P.K. Subban, and eight or nine other players. I remember I was looking at the list of injured players that they had on their website, and I was just – it was just so many. I could not believe it. And, um, you know, the Ducks really should have won this game. Uh, you know I was I was kind of irritated that they lost this game uh, given the nature of Montreal being so shorthanded Eddie
1: yeah and it really you know the, the only guys who could still hurt you on this team were, were all get Galchenyuk, Pacioretty, and, and yes they did record points and Galchenyuk did get a goal in this game but ultimately it was Montreal's fourth line and, and you know those type of players that, that hurt the ducks in this game is you know Torrey Mitchell had a goal Mike Brown had a goal and assist. Lucas Alessio, who's on the fourth line with Mike Brown, had, had the game-winning goal. And, you know, really, Galchenek did get a goal um, in the second period, but it was the fourth line that, that seemed to hurt the Ducks. And, and, as you know, when you go against a team like this um, that, that's so depleted, I mean, it, it's, it's a tough loss, but it's even tougher when, you know, the line that punishes you is, is their fourth line. And, you know, a lot of guys who, who don't record, uh, you know, that many points uh, on the season.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, the Ducks did well again in the faceoff circle. You know, dominating again. The the turnovers were not as bad in this game, but one of the keys for Montreal this was the block shots. They had 24 block shots in this game, and I mean, you have to give them some credit on that because I mean, Anaheim still had 35 shots on net, and Condon played well. I mean, yeah, he gave up three goals, but he he still hung in there and, and did very well uh, against the Ducks. And you know, Montreal they only had 23 shots and uh you know they got in four of those so i mean you know it was a little disappointing in this game i mean they weren't all gibson's fault um you know there was a a couple in there that maybe he wanted to have back but uh it's a little bit of a frustrating game eddie uh, at least from my standpoint i really thought the ducks would at least get a point out of this game when silverberg had tied it uh you know through the second period
1: yeah you know and they had a lead too early in the second period and and you know the the Galchenyuk goal was a little bit disappointing. Uh, you know, Gibson was a little out of position. Nobody picked him up, and, and we've seen Galchenyuk score from there against the Ducks this season. I believe it was on the power play, but I mean, he likes to go there. It, it's sort of on the opposite side. You you see guys like Stamkos and, and Ovechkin, in again, let set up and you know it puts a one timer low on the ice. Um, and it's a I think it's a, a save. You know, Gibson would obviously like to have back. I think he could have gotten position and got that one in. And then, you know, Mike Brown gets a, a goal on a giveaway, and, and and that's, I think, the backbreaker right there, is, is a giveaway when you're tied, and, and they take the lead. Obviously, Silverberg does get the goal back, but from there on, uh, they, you know, they didn't really have a, a strong third period, and they get outworked by the third uh, the fourth line of, of the Canadians again, and it makes them pay. And, and you know, it's a, a big point, a big two points, even a, a big one point you couldn't get in this game to, to drop at a time like this.
0: Yeah, and the Ducks keep playing these Canadian teams, which, you know, they've all been eliminated now from the playoffs, but we talked about this too, Eddie, Uh, when you're playing non-playoff teams, you know, they still have pride, and they're going to play hard, so none of these games, like we said, were given. We thought the Ducks would win a majority of them, but, you know, pride is a a very powerful motivator, and, uh, you know, we saw that... uh, coming up in the next game, too, against Toronto. We'll talk about it. But before the Toronto game started is basically when all the craziness really unfolded this week, Eddie, because we first, you know, got the call-up of Shea Theodore, which everybody was excited about, of course, naturally. We all wanted him up. But then in the morning, uh, right before the Toronto game, in the morning skate, you know, Stevens is there reporting all the stuff as usual, and there's all kinds of craziness that happens. Uh, We find out that Dupree and Kessler are not on ice. Uh, There were some misreports at first, but what ended up happening is Dupree, and I I I could not find the video for this, unfortunately. We have, like, all the other injuries on our YouTube, but um, Dupree took a hit. It wasn't feeling right, Um, you know, probably similar to the, the, you know, concussion symptoms he had before, so he had to go home and get reevaluated. Then Kessler had to go home for a personal matter, which we still have no update on that. There's like 500 rumors out there about what's going on with Kessler, and I'm not going to entertain any of those rumors because I just don't know, and nothing's verified. All I, all we know is personal matter, and he's back home dealing with it. So, hopefully, whenever the Ducks or whenever he wants to announce it, they'll announce it. Um, I know a lot of you have been asking us, but I, I really don't know. There's been, I can't even tell you the number of rumors I've heard this week, and we'd be talking here all day. So, with that, you know, he's still been back home. The only latest update we did hear is that he may play in the game against Edmonton, and it's not 100, percent but he might. Um, so we'll have to wait and see on that. And then also uh, Botan and Stewart, who were not on the trip originally, they show up and then they're on ice uh, skating. So this this morning's just gone crazy, Eddie. Before Toronto, we had you know two two players gone, three new players in, and then the irony out of all this is is nobody plays in the game in that game, Eddie. Nobody.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and it's tough. It's a lot of things to go on in, in, in a practice in the morning, and you're playing against a team that, yes, they're out of the playoffs, but you know this is a team um, that Ma- Mike Babcock has working hard every single game. You know they're 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 arguably the on paper the the least skilled team in, in the league based on you know having a lot of AHLers, a lot of rookies in their lineup, but they work hard and they they have some of the worst injuries too. I mean, James Van like not in the game. Bozak's finally back for them. Loopul's out. They they have a lot of guys out who are impact players for them. Um and I think the Ducks really really missed Ryan Kessler in this game. I think I don't think they were ready on the penalty kill uh you know to to be without him and it showed in this game that they let in a, a three power play goals uh against one of the league's worst uh power play teams. Uh, and it was tough, and I think that's what killed them in this game. I, I mean, uh, McGinn had two power play goals, and the, and the Ducks' power play was good. Uh, Garbert got a shorthanded goal, so the special teams on, on that side of, of the ice were, were good for the Ducks, but the penalty kill without uh, Ryan Kessler was a huge issue in that game, and, and this is, like you said, what started the crazy weekend and, and started the two crazy games uh, of this week as well in, in a game where we all thought the, the Ducks were out of it, four, down 4-1 to the Leafs, they get two late goals in the second period, in uh, in, in nine seconds apart from again in Cogliano, uh, and then they get two more. And you know, Brandon Period caps off uh, his best night in the Ducks uniform with uh, his first goal, and, and has now th- had three points in that game. And and it's the, pe- the bad penalty kill again that, that comes back and, and haunts the Ducks in this game. Connor Brown scores on on the power play late in the third period. And we go into overtime. Um, I think I, I think we're happy to get a point in this game. I, I think they did good to battle back um, down four to one, but you know it, it's disappointing not to get that extra point. It's a big extra point when when you're you know the Kings are losing games and, and you can gain some ground on them.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because you know, at this point, the Kings had—I uh, think they had lost three in a row. At this point, mm-hmm. uh, in the time, if I remember, I mean, they they won their last game against Edmonton. So we'll talk more about that too uh, later in the show, as far as the playoffs and the seating and all all that craziness too. Uh, that's kind of been the word today is crazy because that's just how the Ducks' week has been with just with personnel and injuries and all of that. But I agree with you. Um, Kessler not being in this game was huge. Uh, the, the penalty kill, like you said, suffered, but, uh, Bozak went wild in this game. I mean, he scored two goals. He easily could have had a hat trick two or three other times in this game. Um, and you know, if it wasn't for a couple of those saves here and there, uh, in that second period, uh, the ducks may not have gotten a point, you know, and Anderson didn't have his best game either. Just like Gibson didn't the night before they both had been playing so well. And now they both kind of had, you know, some off, off games a little bit here. Uh, But, you know, uh, Anderson came up with some big saves on on Bozak in the second. He didn't get that hat trick when he he almost did. And the Ducks rally, and they score four in a row. So, I I mean, there's kind of mixed emotions in this game. At first, the Ducks are down 4-1, to and and I know a lot of people were irritated. And that's why I put out that tweet about, you know, turn the TV back on. Uh, The Ducks are rallying. But at first you thought, okay, we're not even going to get any points against another shorthanded Canadian team. Then you go from, oh, okay, we're going to get two points and then you end up getting one point. I mean, it's just a roller coaster game. Um, I, that's the best way I can explain it. Um, Thompson came back in this game. That was the one addition that had, had changed in the roster, as far as all the other players being out that we talked about. Theodore didn't play in this game, though he'll play in the uh, he did play in the Ottawa game, which we'll talk about. Uh, and like you said, uh, you know, Perry was a definite bright spot for the Ducks. He hadn't really seemed to find a groove offensively for the Ducks in the first couple games he played. And in this game, he did really well. I mean, seven shots on goal, um, three points. So that was the bright spot for the Ducks. Um, And the Ducks did clinch the playoffs, you know, even despite the overtime loss. So the Ducks got that out of the way, Eddie. and, And I'm hoping now that they can, you know, just focus on getting healthy and playing better.
1: Yeah, and, you know, obviously Ryan Kessler is the big missing piece. I mean, like you said, Bozak went crazy in this game. Kadri, who was their other top center in this game, went crazy. And, you know, usually we get to see Kessler shut down one of those two. And, you know, maybe it's a it's a different game if he's in here. And it just shows how important he is to this team. I mean, the penalty kill shut down without him. Obviously, against Ottawa, it was a lot better. Uh, I think they got used to it. I think it was just a shock more than anything. You know, not having him in there, it's a different feel. You kind of got to get used to it for a game. You know, you're you're expecting him to be in there, and then at practice, all of a sudden, he has to he has to go all the way back, and you know, you got to change things around from what you've been doing all week. But um, I think it was good for them to get a point. I don't know if they, you know, at times it looked like they did deserve two. You know, you maybe look at it after the game and you say, eh, the way they started this game, it, it's hard to say. But I think at least picking up a point and clinching a playoff spot, like you said, was huge for the Ducks in this game.
0: Yeah, and then unfortunately we had another injury in this game. Uh, BXa gets hurt. We have the video up on YouTube as well. It's hard to see an angle, but according to uh, Brian Hayward and John Allers, it looks like it was either his hand or his wrist, um, which kind of got jammed when he was making a check along the board. So that issue came up. So another injury for the Ducks. And, of course, BXa didn't play in the game in Ottawa which is why Theodore came in, and, and we'll talk, we'll have more injury updates too uh, later on in the show, but uh, that happened, and then of course, <laughs> the uh, the throat slash gesture by Manson happened, which, I don't know why, Eddie, but this kind of went viral on, on the uh, the internet, I woke up the next day, and it was on um, the Hockey News, and then it was on NBC, and then a bunch of other websites, and kind of went crazy, and, and we even had a fan question about, you know, asking about You know, the Ducks getting all these penalties, and and what do we think about Manson uh, getting fined? And, uh, you know, I I don't know. I I don't think it's as bad as a lot of people are trying to make it. That's why I was kind of surprised that that video went, you know, all over the place. Um, But at the same time, I mean, if you're going to make that kind of gesture, I mean, obviously Manson's not going to go after and 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 cut his throat or whatever. But, you know, the league's a league. If you're going to do something like that, you know, there's a lot of kids that do watch hockey. You, you know, you just don't want to have that kind of stuff happen. And 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 you know what? I don't blame Manson though. I mean, he got boarded really hard. I was shocked it was only a two-minute uh, penalty. It wasn't a double minor or a major. So I, I see why Manson, you know, lost his cool a little bit there. And I don't blame him at all. But I do think the fine was warranted, uh, Eddie.
1: Yeah, and we'd seen something like that uh, happen to Kadri this season, as he was fined for a throat slash gesture, like you said. So. Um, I, I think you have to do that. I think you have to be consistent. If you're going to call that on one player, you got to call on the other player. Uh, maybe it says something to the type of player Kadri is that he has been involved in both fines. You know, obviously been the recipient of one, uh, and, and you know the guy who uh, did the the gesture in the other one. So I, I you know, I think it's fair. And, and obviously, I, you get Manson's frustration being, you know, kind of hit from behind into the boards. No, no discipline on, on the play for for that hit. So. I think it's tough. I mean, Kadri did get the minor and going to the box, but no supplementary discipline for suspension or anything like that. And it's tough. And you know, after Manson goes out too, we're down to uh, four defensemen, like you said, two of which being Stoner and Holzer, which is is <laughs> tough to finish out a game with four defensemen, especially when you only have really two guys who are who are adept at moving the puck. So um, I think it was really tough after that. And and you know, like you said, the the, the video ends up going viral. Um, a lot of Canadian news feeds news uh, picking up the video that you put out on YouTube as well as like you said, a lot in in, in the U S as well. So maybe that's the the bright spot of the whole situation.
0: Yeah. And I I wish it would have been maybe more of a goal or a big check or something. But uh, the other thing too, in there that got lost in all this and um, uh, Eric Stevens reported this too, was in one of his articles is that the, uh, the gesture that Manson did was in no way like a, a return one for what Kadri did. He just was, pissed off in the moment and he just decided that was the gesture he was going to give him so it had nothing to do with that first incident because I know there were some people out there thinking oh well maybe he did it because Kadri did it according to Manson he just was pissed off so I mean <laughs> that is what it is and I you know like we said I shouldn't have done it but we understand why so uh with that the Ducks um then continued the road trip and they go to Ottawa and uh <laughs> Again, they, they start out, they don't play well, and uh, they go through 40 minutes, uh, you know, kind of lackluster play, and, and they get down 3-0. Um, but I don't know what happened in between the locker room. I heard Getzloff uh, told the team, you know, that we need to rally some some form or another because you could tell he was pretty animated in this game, uh, again, with some of the calls too. And uh, he comes out and gets the first goal in the third period, and, and then it's the Swedes. The Swedes take over Silverberg, Lindholm, and Raquel, the, the Swedeheim hat trick, basically, <laughs> if you want to call it that. Um, but what a wild game. Uh, you know, we, we saw Stuart return in this game. He had on the, the bubble mask or helmet, whatever you want to call it, in this one. Uh, Votnin and Bexa did skate with the team. But didn't play. The update on them is that they may play in the Edmonton game, if not the Calgary game on the on the homestand. But um, this was just, you know, reminiscent of the old Ducks, Eddie. I mean, you know, you're down three nothing in the third on the road. They tie the, you know, the franchise record for uh, coming back from that many goals uh, down on the road in the game.
1: Yeah, and, and this is something we, we saw you know regularly last year, and it was a nice to get a little bit of a taste of it again. I mean, the excitement of, of having them finally come back and, and getting that late goal with less than a minute left and then being able to finish it in, in overtime. And it was something that, like you said, last year, that was what the Ducks did. They did that all the time. It is they they thought at any point in the game they could come back and win games, and I think that's something they needed to get back. I, I think, you know, they they didn't really lose it, but we had, we'd seen them a couple times this year down a goal, uh, late in the third period. They couldn't get the tying goal. I'm not saying you can get it every game, but it, it's finally nice to see it happen. And I think they, you know, they had a very very poor first and second period. Um and to come out and and dominate and come back like you do in the third period, I, I think it shows a lot to the character and, and you know, to finish it out in O T too, which is very important to get that extra point at I think that, that's very good to see, you know, going into the playoffs. Obviously they got the power play, which I mean in overtime four and three, it's almost certain you're you're gonna score a goal, but it was good play. Raquel with a, a, a you know, almost perfect shot. Uh, to the top corner, and, and you know, all, in all a, a really good effort from the Ducks to to get back in this game after such a a poor start.
0: Yeah, and there was two huge moments uh, in this game. Uh, I would say, really, the second period, Eddie. Uh, I mean, the the uh, penalty shot saved by Anderson right there. Uh, it could have been four nothing Ottawa at that point. Instead, Anderson makes the save, which. I mean, granted, the puck kind of got fumbled and whatnot on the on the shootout attempt, but still, I mean, Anderson makes that save. The Ducks, you know, go down three nothing, and or I mean, stay down three nothing instead of four nothing and end up rallying. So that was one of the huge points. The other one uh, was the penalty kill. The Ducks figured it out. Kessler wasn't out there. Um, they could have gotten down by more as well, but you know they were perfect on the penalty kill, zero for four. So those are the two big uh, things that stu- you know stuck in my mind in this game uh, for why the Ducks came back and won.
1: Yeah, exactly. And the penalty kill had to be big in this game, and even the power play had to be saved. This is a team that scores a lot of shorthanded goals too, and I think they did great. Obviously, going one for four and getting the game winner on the power play, and then you like you said going for four for four on the penalty kill, keeping them um in the league lead for both categories and and this game also vaults them back uh into second in goals against average per game uh with the the Kings and the Capitals back up there. And, you know, this is a good way to finish the season. I mean, you look at how the Ducks started it and and you know, not many teams um uh, I believe it the last team to finish uh the league uh or finish the season leading the league in power play and penalty kill was the 1985 Islanders. So, it's been a long long time. Since you know almost 30 years since uh, a team has finished top of the league in, in both categories, and you know that would be a, a great way to finish the season for the Ducks. Something I mean, uh, something the league hasn't seen in a while, but something uh, the Ducks haven't seen in a while is leading in any category in, in special teams, which is a like we mentioned last podcast is is a you know the huge upside from this season to last season. And, and just the defensive play as well. If you finish in the top three in goals against average, you, you know you give yourself a, a very good shot at, at going far in the Stanley Cup playoffs.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. And you know, talking about the playoffs, this is kind of the status of what's going on now. We talked about this before, and, and we also got a lot of fan questions about this because obviously it's around the corner. So, might as well just you know dive into the playoffs situation right now. So, as of today, you know Sunday Easter. Uh, The Ducks are in second place in the Pacific Division. They've got eight games to go, and they're three points behind the Kings, and they're four points up on San Jose. The Kings and the Sharks both have seven games left, so the Ducks have one game in hand. And, you know, the interesting thing really about all this, Eddie, is is who are the Ducks going to play? And it's kind of a pick-your-poison scenario because it it looks like, you know, the Ducks will probably hold off San Jose. I mean, it's not a given, but if they do – Or even if San Jose catches them, they're going to play each other uh, if they're second and third in the division. Now, if the Ducks overtake the Kings, which they can, they're still going to play them as well. It's going to be an interesting situation because you look at the Central Division and what's going on, the Ducks could either face Chicago or Nashville in the first round. So, I mean, it's just unfolded that way in this last week. So I don't really know if you want to win the division or not. Maybe L.A. wins the division. They go play Nashville. And or Chicago and then uh, the Ducks play uh, San Jose instead. I mean, I don't know, Eddie, I I just I just want the Ducks to get well and and obviously play well the rest of this way. But I I don't really have a favorite opponent that I'd want them to play.
1: Yeah, and, and it's tough. I, I mean, you look at the the eight teams in the Western Conference right now with Minnesota's big win over Colorado yesterday. These are most likely, I mean, I'm not going to count out Colorado right now, but these are most likely the eight teams you will see going into the playoffs. I mean, Minnesota may swap with Colorado, but you know, you've got pretty much seven teams locked in uh, about to clinch a playoff spot. Um and, and it's getting tighter. I mean, the Ducks are, you know, pretty much they're only going to face either San Jose uh, Nashville or, Chica- uh, or Chicago or Minnesota, and, and you know that's that's a lot of uh, a parody of who you're going to face, and, and, and it all depends on how things work out. If they like, uh, if the playoffs ended today, they would be playing San Jose, LA would be playing Nashville, St. Louis would be playing Chicago, and Dallas would be playing Minnesota. Um, and, but with the central division, uh, the central division uh, race tighter than the Pacific Division race, then uh, you know the matchups are all up in the air. So. Uh, like you said, I don't really know who I'd want the Ducks to face. I know um, we know we said before we didn't want them to play Colorado. I look I, that doesn't look like a, a likely option anymore. So you know Nashville uh, or, or San Jose. You know you don't want to face Chicago. I don't think anybody does. Yes, they're struggling, but they're the defending Stanley Cup champs. We've seen teams like LA come in, uh, you know, uh, near the bottom uh, and, and just kind of scrape into the playoffs. Uh, and then go all the way to the Stanley Cup final. So I, I I think, you know, you you got to watch out for them. And, you know, arguably, you're you you going to have to choose between Nashville and San Jose, and, and that's tough. I mean, they're both very, very good teams. Yeah,
0: and, I mean, one of our fans asked about that. We had Matt ask about, you know, if we do face San Jose, what, you know, do we think that the Ducks can beat San Jose? Uh, and he also adds in there whether or not, you know, if, if the Ducks get healthy in time, which... I mean that's up in the air too. It looks like uh, going on the injury uh, point for a second here. It looks like uh, Vatn and Bix are going to be back this week either against Edmonton or Calgary. So that's the good news. Um, so you have the blue line back. Um, Perron, as we talked about, you know, we don't know as far as with the shoulder injury. That's at least a couple weeks for that type of injury. So we don't know exactly when he's going to be back. But if the Ducks have everybody else. Uh, back And then obviously Kessler, too, when we figure that out. I I really think that they can beat San Jose. I, I do. Um, even without Perron, I think that they can take him out. They beat San Jose three out of four games this year. Uh, you know, there's uh, three shutouts involved in there. The opening um, game of the season by San Jose, and then the Ducks return the favor, too, back to them. So I think they can take him out. Where, as if they're going to play Nashville, I might be a little bit more concerned. The Ducks have lost two out of three games to Nashville uh, granted, those were more early in the season when the Ducks weren't playing as well in October and November. But um, I, I do like the Ducks' chances against San Jose, even if for some reason the Ducks ended up third, which I don't think they would. And I don't want to rule it out. I mean, things, you know, crazier things can happen this next two weeks. But I think the Ducks can get by uh, San Jose. But it's not going to be easy.
1: Yeah, and, and I mean the the Sharks statistically are are a better team. I you know obviously the point wise don't say it, but they you know they they're third in goals for, for per game. They're fourth they have fourth power play. They their only really bad aspect is their penalty kill, which is uh, below eighty percent. And and I think the Ducks match up really well against them. Yes, San Jose is a high scoring team, but the Ducks are going to finish top three in goals against per game. Um, you know they fared pretty well against the the Sharks this season, even with the the Sharks' uh, good power play. The Ducks have a very strong penalty kill um and, and i think it you know with martin jones going in with martin jones and james reimer into the playoffs is a little bit sketchy i know pecorine uh, for nashville hasn't been you know the elite goalie we've, we're used to seeing from him this season but you know i, I think i'd rather take my chances against martin jones and, and james reimer two guys who have been backups for most of their career obviously you know martin jones has 35 wins this year for the sharks so he's no longer a backup but I think I'd rather take my chances against the Sharks as much as I'd like the Ducks to win the division and I'd be okay facing Nashville. I, I think you know, the f- familiarity, I think, with the Sharks' struggles at home and, and how good the Ducks have been at home, you know, you, you've, you've almost got you know seven games where you've got an, an ideal matchup no matter where you're playing. So I think you know, them winning the season series 3-1 to is a big advantage. and you know, I'm comfortable with whoever they face, but I think they have a better shot against the Sharks at, at this time.
0: Right, and that's the key. It's always at this time because, I mean, you know, things can change basically day-to-day, Eddie, and that's what we saw last week. I mean, between these comeback loss and comeback win and this guy's on ice and this guy's not on the ice, this guy's going home and this guy's coming back. I mean, this has been one of the craziest weeks with the Ducks in terms of personnel and and the way the games have unfolded, plus just the playoff race. I mean, Kings have been losing games and now they finally win one. Sharks have been up and down as well. So, you know... it's just going to have to really day by day as how it's going to go. And uh, that's kind of some of the other questions we had too about the playoffs. You know, another, we had another Matt, uh, some of question he wanted to know if Theodore uh, should stay up with the Ducks in the playoffs. And I mean, I, I think our, both of us are going to say yes, but the the caveat to that is, is if uh, BXM and Botnan come back this week, I don't know. They may send them down because, you know, uh, the goals have been doing well down there and they've got their own, uh, race to deal with too so uh they you could see Theodore maybe go down uh this week uh for maybe a week or two and then maybe he comes back in the playoffs I mean I, you just don't know it really all depends on the status of the uh injured players Eddie
1: yeah and and you know a lot of people might hate hate me for this but I, I don't think he should if everybody's healthy um, I think you know he's played a limited amount of games this season. I I think we all like how he's played. I, you know he's he's going to be great next year for the Ducks. But I think right now, if Vatninn is ready, if Dupre is ready, if BX is back and ready, and you've got all those guys healthy, and then you've still got Fowler, Lindholm, Holzer, Stoner, you know you've, Manson, all, all those guys. If everybody is healthy and ready to go, I don't think Theodore should play and, and and put that pressure on him to play um in the playoffs. And you're sitting a guy who's played most of the season, who's ready to go. Um, And I think, you know, Theodore would be more beneficial playing the, the season, uh, finishing the season with the goals and playing in the playoffs with them as well. I, I, I think it's just it's just a better situation for the Ducks overall and, and even for Shea Theodore overall.
0: Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. And, I mean, it, like we said before, it's really just going to depend on the health of the Ducks. I mean, if they're going to have players out, then, yeah, they're going to have to have Theodore up and in there. But like you said, if they're healthy and you've got, you know, all eight defensemen ready to go – uh, there's not really a spot for him. I mean, it's it's kind of tough. And, I mean, I know some people out there are going to say, well, he's better than, you know, Stoner and Holzer and X, Y, and Z. And I, I get that. I understand where you're coming from, and I, I feel you on that too. But uh, just knowing by uh, Boudreaux what he's going to do, uh, I think if they're all healthy, you're right. He probably doesn't uh, come, you know, in, in during the playoffs. But, like we said, so much can happen in the next week. Uh, I wouldn't rule him out for the playoffs um another question we had too is about the the goalie situation this came up this week too i wrote a little article about anderson and it was interesting to see all the comments by people because uh uh, you know people go back and forth and and what should we do and 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 darren asks about you know um if the ducks go with freddie in the playoffs would it be better to alternate you know the uh the goalies And we've had this kind of come up, and a lot of people talked about this, and we talked about the regular season, Eddie, and how it was a good idea to rotate the goalies to keep them fresh. But now that we're coming down to the stretch run, I was trying to explain this to people, and I know you'll know what I'm talking about. But when you go into the playoffs, you need to have one particular goalie going into the playoffs because they need to know that they're going to be the starter and the backup needs to be the backup. And, you know, I talked to a lot of people that, Play goalie, and they've said the same thing. You need the team to get into a rhythm. They gotta uh, have the familiarity with one particular guy, and and that's what they need to do in the playoffs. And if you look at recent history, that's what the Kings, uh, Boston, Chicago, these teams that have won, that's what they've done.
1: Yeah, you you can't go in rotating a goalie, and and you know you gotta have one guy who's who's you know started the, the maybe the last three or four games and, and you know those are still gonna be big games for the ducks and it's gonna be tough, but you know the decision has to be made and and you know obviously there's gonna be a lot of flack for whoever they choose i mean the the ducks fans are are split. Uh, I think, more than any other fan base among their starting goalies. And I, I think you know the only other team who has a, a similar situation really going into the playoffs is the St. Louis Blues having to pick between uh, Brian Elliott and, and Jake Allen right now. And and you know for them too, they've got to pick one goalie too going into the playoffs. You can't go in and, and start a guy for the first two games and start another guy for the next two games. It's just not going to work. I mean, you you got to have one guy that you feel confident in and that you think the team will feel confident playing in front of. Um, that they can go all the way and eventually with the Stanley Cup.
0: Yeah, and if you remember, uh, the Ducks had three in the playoffs a couple years ago. We had Hiller, Anderson, and Gibson. I mean, and if you don't remember, that was a complete cluster. I mean, you know, the the Ducks, they got by Dallas and ended up losing to the Kings. But they were going with three goalies in those two series. I mean, you just, you can't do that. You, You can't. I mean, you know, you're trying to do two, three was crazy. So um, they got to pick a guy, uh, you know, and and I lean towards Anderson, but don't mistake what I what I write. And I'm talking about you know Anderson being the one better. I do think he's you know down the stretch better. But if they put in Gibson, I'm not going to be upset. Gibson's a great goalie too, and everybody knows that. That's actually the guy I like better personally. But um, some somebody's got to go and be the guy. So. Whoever they put, I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm totally happy with Gibson or Anderson going in there. Uh, my only you know, main thing was basically in the last two months, you go by the numbers, and Anderson has been the one that's been slightly better. But again, as this last week proved, anything can happen. And now this week, both goalies haven't been playing as well. So I, I think maybe in the next week we'll come up with a decision, hopefully uh, somewhere along the line from Boudreaux, because – one of them's really got to try and take over in these next three, four games, Eddie.
1: Yeah, and, and like you said, they're doing—they're both playing so well. It was so hard, and you were waiting for one guy to, you know, to just slump a little bit and and let the other guy take the reins. And now they have both kind of slumped a little bit. They've had a little bit of struggles in the in the last few games on this road trip. And you know, Gibson started out really well in Winnipeg, and, and then they, you know, uh, Freddie had a couple tough games. Had a tough game in Toronto. Had a better game last night uh give you a tough game in, in Montreal so you know it, it's it's tough it, 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 that's that's all I can keep coming back to really is it's going to be a tough decision i i'm glad i don't have to make the decision uh going into the playoffs and, and who you're going to want to start cuz it all depends i mean Freddie was the guy who took us almost to the Stanley Cup finals last year um one game short and you can't blame it on him either but you know eventually if uh if gibson's going to be your number 1 for the future eventually you've got to give him you know, these types of situations that where, you know, you, you want to see if he's really the guy who's going to carry this franchise forward. So it, it's a tough division, the decision for Boudreaux and in the management.
0: Yeah, I completely agree, Eddie. Uh, it really depends on the future, uh, what they want to do. I mean, obviously, Gibson signed for a couple more years at $2.3 million a year. Anderson is not, which, you know, I don't know if they'll try and keep him in the summer or not. I mean, obviously a lot of people think that he's going to get moved in the summertime, which, I mean, we'll have to just deal with that when that comes. But if you're going to write Anderson too, there was the, the other article, um, I can't remember which one I read. There were a couple on Anderson that came out from other um, news sources this week, and, you know, Anderson said, look, I I want to win, and I want to win a cup here. So, I mean, he wants to do it, and he wants to stay. So, It's going to be a tough situation and and we can talk later about the cap and all those other things that we've talked about, but I I really think that they're going to have to pick one based upon how they're playing lately. And uh, this week is probably going to determine that. So we'll have to see. And this week, again, the ducks are playing Canadian teams, Eddie. Uh, If you haven't followed all the league uh, right now, but all the Canadian teams are out of the playoffs. So, Again, these are teams playing for pride, so you know they can be dangerous. Don't take them lightly, as as we saw this last week. But the Ducks are going to get uh, Edmonton on this road trip that they're going to finish up. They're going to go home and then they're going to face Calgary and Vancouver. Uh, you know, I don't want to say the Ducks should win all three games, but they should win all three games, Eddie.
1: Yeah, and you know, not just out of the playoffs. These can these are seven Canadian teams. In the bottom 10 and it's a tough year for for canadian hockey teams and um you know with all with all of them being in the bottom 10 most of them are gonna you know most of them if not all of them are gonna draft in the top 10 and you know hopefully they'll start rebuilding their franchises there but you know when you get this late in the season like you said they're playing for pride uh the young guys are getting a lot of chances they're out there to prove themselves and, and get a roster spot next year uh, so it's tough. We saw that against Toronto. We, you know, we saw that uh, against Montreal as well. Even against Ottawa, a lot of the younger guys trying to step up and and show that they belong here. And you know, the Oilers have been playing well as of late. They they battled out and lost against the Kings last night. Still put four goals past a, a pretty good defensive team in the LA Kings. So, um, you know, McDavid uh, has been outstanding this season since coming back from injury, and and you know, he's out to prove himself. Um, you know, Maroon's been doing uh, pretty well on the line with Connor McDavid, which I think is the best thing for him to get on the line with with such a Fire. skilled player, scoring two goals last night for for the Oilers. So it, that's always a tough game, especially against them. And, and you know, they have a goalie in Cam Talbot who can you know backstop them to forty saves in a win and on any given night. And I think they're you know they're a couple big defensemen away from being a you know legitimate uh, playoff contender. Uh, in the coming seasons and and then you know you go to back home finally you get to play the the flames at home which we know is pretty much a a given the way the ducks have played the flames at honda center over the the last decade so i mean you never like we said you never want to say that that game's a given but we we've seen it happen this year we've seen it happen every year for the last ten ten 10 or so years where the ducks have gone to honda center and just beat up on the flames and they haven't lost against them in 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 you know in over over 10 years so that's a, another game they should win and then you 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 go against the Canucks which is you know normally a, is a tougher game and the Canucks are a pretty good team but they're struggling they're probably the the team that's struggling the most right now to score goals uh in the league they've been shut out in 4 of their last 5 games and that's and, you know two against the blues to be fair but you know you you've you've been shut out 4 of your last 5 that is a a very, very terrible stretch. They, it doesn't get easier for them tonight as they face the Blackhawks, and you know I think this is a, a, as good a time as any to face them because they're, they're, their morale right now is just extremely low, and I, I think the Ducks will take advantage of that.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, and I, I think the game this week that's going to be the most interesting is going to be the Calgary game, because the Ducks have beaten them, like you said, at home since the Stone Age, basically. Um, but again, I'm not taking them lightly, but this season, the Ducks have played them four times and have beat them four times. The the reason why I bring this up, though, is not, not just because the Ducks have dominated Calgary. It's, these games have all been crazy games. Uh, well, three of the four have been, basically. I mean, the first one, the Ducks won. Five to three. So he had eight goals in that game. The second one, the Ducks won, one nothing. The third meeting, they won six to four. And then the fourth meeting, they won five to two. So in these games, you're having seven, eight, ten goals scored in these games. I, don't be surprised if Wednesday is going to be another shootout type uh, a game, Eddie. Because whenever we play the Flames, it just seems to be entertaining hockey.
1: Yeah, and, and honestly, I would I would like the Ducks to to you know to batten down the hatches in this game and play a little bit more of a defensive game and, and get this one out. I think they need to to get into a rhythm defensively going into the playoffs. You know, get you know not get into these shootouts uh, against some of the teams you're going to face in the playoffs, which you know arguably could score goals at a, a higher rate than you can. So I think you know th- this is going to be a test. That I think they need to to play this game defensively. Hopefully. Kessler is back and ready for this, but like you said, you know, usually the games against the Flames, even you know this season and, and even last season and seasons before this, they're always crazy high scoring games. So like you said, don't be, don't be surprised to see you know ten goals go up between the two teams.
0: Yeah, that game. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to it because obviously I'll be there, so it's going to be interesting. And uh, as far as Edmonton and Vancouver, again, those are teams the Ducks. Uh, you know, they. They haven't dominated those teams as much as Calgary, but they're, they're games that they can definitely win. And then uh, the final you know, uh, games, it's going to be a little bit tougher. Um, the last five, uh, we can kind of preview it just a little bit right now, but the Ducks are going to play Dallas. They're going to uh, play Winnipeg, the Kings, Colorado, who they've had zero success against. And then, of course, the Capitals, which, again, that one, we kind of put a star by it because it's the last game of the season. Uh, the Capitals are pretty much... Own the Eastern Conference, uh, so that's not going to change that. You know what's going to happen with them, uh, but still, the, the games against Dallas, Winnipeg, uh, L. A. and Colorado, Eddie, those are some big games coming up too. After this uh, three-game uh, this week,
1: yeah, and, and you're going against possibly three division leaders uh, in, in the next five games after you know these these the the end of these Canadian games coming up, you're going to go against the Stars, who could still be leading the the Central by then. The Capitals, who are the best team in the NHL, leading the Metro DePaul Division, and you go against the Kings, and and you'll be fighting for that Pacific Division lead, and and those are going to be tough games. And like you said, the Avalanche have owned us twice this season. Um, you know they might still be battling for a playoff spot up all the way until that that will be the final game for them, I believe, on the season. So that's going to be a tough game too. You know they might be out for blood, trying to get you know those two points to get them into the playoffs. And you know the Jets will be playing for pride. It's always a physical game against them with Bufflin and Wheeler, you know, and and the guys they have there. So it, it doesn't get easy after this. This is the games that they needed to win. And ultimately, this was a little bit of a disappointing road trip, but they did go to. Uh, one and one getting their two wins in overtime so it was a, a little bit tight and, and only losing the the two games they did lose by one goal so I think it was overall a, a pretty good road trip it's not over obviously yet with the, still the Oilers to go um, I think if they get a win against the Oilers finishing this road trip 3-1-1 one and one would be great for them I think it would be a successful road trip if they can finish it like that and then they've got to go out to home and you know hopefully when they go back home for these next four games after this they they can win at least you know the the three against the teams they should beat in in the flames Canucks and jets and and hopefully play the stars hard i I think the ducks match up well against the stars the stars have have lit up some very good teams in the central division you know they've they've owned the Blackhawks all season um and i uh, I think the ducks can match up against them and play them hard, obviously no Tyler sagan and um, you know they they won't be sitting their guys because of that race in the Central Division and for the Western Conference uh, Championship. So I think it's going to be a a tough game for them. That that will be definitely the the toughest game of the, that short homestand.
0: Yeah, I agree with everything you said, Eddie. And it's going to be interesting. I think if the Ducks do go three one and one on the road trip, you have to give that you know being success. Uh, I mean, granted, obviously you don't like losing to shorthanded Montreal and Toronto team, but don't forget. The Ducks have been shorthanded this entire road trip, uh, you know, with all these different players out, um, Dupree, Kessler, for his personal reasons, Perron, um, Botnin, I mean, then BX gets hurt at the end. I mean, you had all of this, this stuff going on. It was so hard to because it just was crazy this week. So for them to come out, if they can win this last one, uh, against Edmonton, that'd be huge to get three out of the five. So that's going to be great. And, um, kind of winding up the show here. Um, Fan Appreciation Night's coming up on April 5th. And uh, if you don't have tickets, uh, we're giving away two different pairs of tickets. Uh, they're both on the 400 level on the side that the Ducks attacked twice. Um, one of them uh, we're giving away on this show. Um, we have a keyword in the last two shows in this show that you listen for and it makes up a phrase. When you think you know the phrase, you just email it to us at info uh, at ducksandpucks.com and we'll pick a winner. We'll probably give you to about Wednesday or Thursday to, to do that because I know not everybody's going to listen today. I mean, I know you, you got Easter, right? But um, the word today is playoffs. So that's the word playoffs. So go back, listen to the other two. There's two words in there uh, that make up a, a phrase and email it to us and we'll pick a winner. Um, We're also going to put up two more tickets up on Facebook. We're going to have a a post up there with some other rules and whatnot. It'll all be explained on there for you so you can do that. Uh, We also started our NHL Bracket Challenge again. Uh, We did that last year for the first time. This is the second time doing it. If you uh, sign up for an account on NHL.com or uh, BracketChallenge.NHL.com, you can go in there and you can see uh, there's a Ducks and Pucks League, which actually has a lot of fans in it, Eddie, where – looks like we're sixth overall right now in, in total participants, which is great. But uh, the top three people that win will uh, receive different prizes. The top winner will receive a replica jersey, um, authentic stitching uh, from Goalie Monkey in Santa Ana. Um, obviously, if, if you're not a Duck fan, you pick another team, that's on you. I mean, that's what happened last year. We had a non-Duck fan win. but. Hopefully a duck fan wins this time. We'll get you a Ducks jersey, or if you do want another jersey of another team, you know we may give you that. No, uh, you can <laughs> pick who you want, but um, th- that'll be in there too. So we're gonna do that um, and give away that, and then also on the website as far as uh, the shirts, if you buy anything, sticker, shirt, hat, beanie, whatever it is, we're giving away a uh, foul towel. So anything you purchase on there doesn't matter. You buy one shirt, you buy five shirts. We're gonna be giving away those foul tiles and uh, we'll have those too uh, as well at our watch parties when the playoffs come uh, obviously we've got to wait till the schedule uh, comes out but we'll figure all that out too so there's a bunch of free stuff for everybody that we're giving away there and, and hopefully you know a couple of people we, we uh, get them some tickets to fan appreciation night and you can win even more stuff there from the ducks so um, this week with more fan questions and, and maybe this week won't be as crazy Eddie we'll, we'll see what happens but uh, just buckle your seatbelts the next two weeks are going to be fun and uh, let's go Ducks